Amen. How are we this morning? Isn't God great, powerful, faithful? All the things that we could say about him, he is, and even more to a place that we can't even really understand how much he is those things. He is our God. So this morning, what I want to do is read the scriptures and then pray. If you have your Bibles this morning, go with me to James chapter 1. We're taking a, a, a break from uh, the book of Mark. We've been in the book of Mark for um, a while, and we're just taking a, a one Sunday break. This Sunday, just going to deviate just a little bit from the course we've been on. Um, because I feel like we, we need to grab an idea. We need to have an idea. We need to have an understanding as a faith family, as a church, how to respond, um, how to be, and what to do in the, the following days. Um, it, obviously, you, you, we live in a city where millions, thousands of people have uh, I think the last count was like 7 million people had evacuated out of uh, Florida um, the last time that I heard, and going basically through Georgia, right? So we get to interact, we get to see, we get to be around uh, people for the next few days and maybe even weeks. And uh, like Wayne said, our church is opening up this uh, tonight as a, uh, a refuge for people, even in our, our, in our own community. So I want to remind us of what the Bible says, and I think the Bible speaks to, um, speaks to this. Uh, so... James 1. Here we go. Start in verse 19. Knowing this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Therefore, put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your souls. Hear this. Grab a hold of this with me. Be doers of the word and not hearers only. Deceiving yourselves, for if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror, for he looks at himself and goes away, and once he forgets what he looks like. But the one who looks into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets, but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. Somebody say, blessed in his doing. So if we hear the word of God, and we respond to the word of God by the grace of God, allowing God to use us as hands and feet for the gospel in our community. May it be that God would get glory and we would be blessed in our doing, that we would together be the light of Christ that he has called us to be in Tifton, Georgia in the following days. Amen? More than that, in our families, in our schools, in our workplaces, that God would use us in mighty ways to be a reflection of who he is. We're supposed to pray, so let's do that. Father, you're the greatest of all time. You never change, you never waver, you never fail, and you never back down. You are infinitely better than anything that we could experience on this planet. So God, I pray that you would open our eyes to see and our ears to hear and our hearts to receive all that you have for us. We are desperate to hear from you. Now God, we may not act that way. Lord, we, we may forget how desperate we are. God, it, it may get lost in the busyness of life at times how desperate we should be for you and your glory, but my prayer today, God, is that you would kindle in us a, a flame, a hunger, a desire, a, a desperation to hear your voice and to do your word, to carry it out. Not just to, to hear what it says, to listen to what it says, God, but to get our hands dirty in the work of the gospel, get our hands calloused by the weight of the cross that we're willing to carry for your namesake. God, we pray this morning that you would interrupt our lives in the best way possible. And we believe it in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, 
Amen. James 1.19, knowing this, my beloved brothers, let everyone be quick to hear, slow to speak, and slow to anger. I, I say this because of what we're about to walk through is we get to be a, not only a shelter, but a place of refuge. Um, and even in the following, the days behind us and the days ahead, we're going to get to have conversations. We're going to get to meet people. We're going to get to do a little bit of life with people who are not from around here, who typically don't spend time in Tifton. And most of the time, if they could, they would probably avoid Tifton. So we're going to have the opportunity to listen. Somebody say, I will Listen. All right, what we want to do as a faith family, as a community, and, and listen, this goes beyond just the people who will be here because of the storm. The people in our lives, we want to take time to listen to them. The Bible tells us to be quick to listen, and as much as I desire and aim for our church to, to listen, man, when you listen to someone, you share their burden. Have you ever noticed that when you've counseled someone or somebody came to you and, and they kind of dumped their heart out and what they were going through and as you listened, your heart at times maybe felt heavy too? Anybody ever been there? You, 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 by listening, you're giving that person attention. You're validating their, exist, their existence. You're showing them value and you're helping them carry their burden. The Bible says bear you one another's burdens and doing so you fulfill the law of Christ. So what we aim to do is carry one another's burdens. We will not know them if we do not listen. So we have to listen. We have to take time to pause our lives and to listen to what others are saying to us. Has anybody ever been in a conversation like this? It's a little different. You're talking to somebody and Oh, yeah. Sure. Uh-huh. Anybody been in that conversation before? Anybody been the one doing the talking in that conversation? Anyone else felt the urge to throw the phone to Canada that was in the other person's hand? See, what often happens is we get so busy in life that we, we forget to slow down and listen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, you... you You've heard that. I mean, most people, if you kind of know where the story's going, what do you do? You automatically just kind of jump to the end, right? You're not worried about connecting the dots. Just get to the point. It's taking too long. Well, see, we get to add value to people's lives and we get to show the love of Christ when we take time out of our lives to listen. To listen. I wonder what it's like in our, in our own lives. I'll say it like this. It kind of helped paint the picture. Um, how, how many has bought water in the last few days? Anybody bought water, bottles of water? It's safe to say, all right. Anybody fill up Ziploc bags of water? Anybody get crafty, Pinterest for life, hashtag resourceful, right? <laughs> I have no idea what I'm doing up here. Um, it's amazing to me that when we think we're going to be without something, we get absolutely desperate for it. When it seems like there may be no water on the shelf, all of a sudden this thing that has sat there all year long is a resource we can't live without. As I began to ponder the last few days and really the panic that... Um, that set in on our state and the states around us over the, really, four days ago, I remember pulling up to a gas pump, and they were like, we're out of gas. And, and four days ago, this thing that's always there that, that fuels our lives, the water, gasoline, bread, food, the, these things that are always there, always present, always available, 
there was a desperation. This storm kind of gave birth to desperation. I started thinking about my own life when I kind of surveyed the, the intensity and the panic around us. And I thought, God, when was the last time that I know, even though I know you're always there, I know you're full of joy. You are my sustenance. You are my redeemer, my friend, my prince of peace, my counselor. You're all that I need. But so often I just leave him on the shelf. Because the rest of the year, I, unless the panic sets in, I can function without rushing into his presence. Kind of just get by on my own sometimes. But in the moment of panic and desperation, got to have him, right? See, what would it be like if we muted everything in the world but the voice of God? What if we were so desperate for the word of God and the voice of God like so many have been desperate for water, desperate for fuel, desperate for the essentials of life. Because hear me this morning, beyond this mortal body, these fleshly bottles, bodies, he is essential to life. He said, I came to give you life and life to the full. And I'm just sharing from my own heart, there's so many times that, that the, the word of God, hearing God, being close to God, listening to God, it's there. But I'm not desperate for it like when it's not on the shelf. Hmm. One of the greatest expressions of the Holy Spirit doing regenerating work in our heart is our desire to listen. Deuteronomy 6, 4 through 6 says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Hear, O Israel, listen. That's what he's saying. Listen. Oh, Israel, be desperate to hear me. I have something to say to you. Do you know today, I want you to be reminded today, if you've forgotten, if you've never heard this before, I want you to be sure of this one thing, that the God of creation who spun out the galaxies wants to have conversation with you. He wants to speak with you. He wants to pour into your life. He wants to affirm you and let you know how valuable you are. He wants to speak. So be quick to hear today. Be quick to listen. Proverbs 12, 15, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. You're wise to listen. You're wise to listen. What would it look like to take some time in your life just to lean in and say, God, I just want to hear you. God, I, I, I know what... My family said, I know what my friends say, I know what the media has said, God, I know what all these other things are saying, but God, uh, and, and moving away from even thinking about the storm, when we think about our own lives, God, help me to listen to you. Help me to give up the reins of my life. You navigate. I'll take your direction if you'll just speak. What would that look like? It... It shows great love and great humility to listen. So a lot of times we'll turn people off or we'll, you know, kind of pay attention to other things that are going around. On the TV we'll be roaring and, and someone will be talking. Anybody ever been guilty of that? A game, I'll just say it this way, I, this resonates in my heart. A game will be on the TV, a football game, and someone, don't know who that might be, someone might be talking and I miss like half a conversation. Anybody ever been there? Or is it just me? All you super husbands are like, I would never do that. 
And sometimes we're just like that with God. The game of life is roaring around us. And God is continually speaking. Continually speaking. And we're missing it. We're so focused on the noise. But listen, it shows love and humility when we say, you know what, I'm going to turn all of this off. And God, I just want to hear from you. I want to give you my affection. I want to give you my attention. Speak to me. Because I'll say it one more time before we move on. He has word for you. He has said so many things to you. He said, do not be fearful. He said, do not be afraid. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. He said, though there are me that rise against me, put my trust in the Lord. He's my shield, my helper. He, he's your shield. He says these things to you. Oh, what it would be to listen. So be quick to hear this morning. Be slow to speak. Proverbs 10, 19 says, When words are many, transgression is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. Again, it's wise to be silenced, wise to listen to the Lord. A reminder of the story of the, the, the Pharisee and the, the peasant, the Pharisee and the sinner, the Pharisee and the broken man. And the Pharisee unpacks all these words, and the Pharisee just says, I'm broken. The, the sinner just says, I'm broken. God, rece- God receives him. He accepts him. In your life, what would it look like if for a minute, for a moment, for a day, for ho- however long, if you just kind of paused? Say, God, I, for a moment, I'm not going to tell you what I need or what I need you to do or what I'm angry at you about. But God, for just a minute, I want to listen. It would show him your love and your humility. We, not only are we quick to hear and we want to be slow to speak, but we want to be slow to anger. Hear this. Anger is the byproduct of entitlement, fear, and pride. It's the knee-jerk reaction to those who are still grasping control of their lives. Anger, I'm going to let you hear that again, is a byproduct of entitlement, fear, pride, and is the knee-jerk reaction to those who are still grasping control of their lives. If you say today, well, I'm kind of prone to anger, ask yourself then, Could there be things in your heart, could there be things in your life that you hold on to so tightly that when someone uh, approaches them or someone says something about them, your automatic reaction is anger? If we're prone to anger, it it means that we're clinging on to things in our lives rather than letting God have them. Because 120 says this, the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. The anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. Listen, I, I want to say this because we're going to have an opportunity in the next few days, but I also I don't want to specifically just speak to the storm. I want to speak to our lives. We're going to have an opportunity in our lives to address unbelievers, to love unbelievers, to spend time with people who do not know Jesus. And you show them a Christian who is always prone to anger, always running their mouth, and there is hardly no greater turnoff to the Christian faith. I, just, I want to be real with you this morning, right? I don't want to hang out with angry people that are always running their mouth. Right? And maybe you do. Maybe that's your thing. Maybe that's how you roll. Have that. But man, we have an opportunity to reflect Christ to the world. We have an opportunity in our actions and the way that we live out the gospel to show people the greatest grace to ever touch earth. 
Anger is the father of bitterness, resentment, and gossip. And many sins spring from the well of anger. The anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. This morning, if you, if you battle with anger, if you struggle with anger, I, I, would, I would encourage you. Like for, for some of you, for, you know, that, that's kind of like your one thing that grabs a hold of you and, and it makes you someone you don't want to be. You know, if I'm just talking to one person or maybe even just myself this morning, I'm okay with that. But, but maybe anger is that thing that just kind of tips the scale for you and you, you, you turn into somebody you don't want to be and God hasn't called you to be. Now, I just want to encourage you, take that to the foot of Calvary today. Lay that at the cross. There's grace for you this morning. There's grace for that. And beyond that, man, if you, if you like, I want to say this, and, and biblical counseling is okay. Sitting with someone in the Word and walking through those things, talking about those things, fleshing those things out, that's okay. I want you to hear me say that this morning as a church. Counseling is okay for every person in every place of life, whether it's marriage counseling, premarital counseling, uh, counseling for depression or fear or anxiety or anger or lust or pride. If you need it, get it. There should be no stigma attached to that. The Bible tells us, seek wise counsel. I just want you to hear that this morning. Because I love you. Lay it at the feet of Christ. And get help if you need it. James 1.21, Therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word, which is able to save your soul. Put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness. Take off the dirty clothes. This is the way that the, the simple picture that we can paint together. This is a picture of someone who's ruined their clothes with filth and nastiness and by the grace of God has the opportunity to shed those old clothes of destruction and be washed in the water of the ward and be dressed up like a son or daughter of the king. Put away filthiness and, and rampant wickedness. Maybe that's even the source of some of your anger, or some of your being not quick to listen and, and being you know, really fast to anger, sometimes just filled with words to cover your tracks. Maybe it looks like a people who just desperately need to repent. And that's the church word we use that really just means turn from the direction that we're going that we know is toxic and destructive and run to Christ who is filled with grace that covers all of our sin and accepts us as we are for his glory and our good with a desire to transform us forevermore. Put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness. Take off those old grave clothes. You are no longer dead. You hear me this morning? It would have been weird if Lazarus was like, Jesus, I really appreciate you resurrecting me, but I think I'm going to hang on to all these decaying grave clothes. I really like this fit, this style. It would have been weird. It been awkward. But Lazarus, you're alive. Yeah, but I really love these grave clothes. Lazarus, they kind of stink. Yeah, but I just really like my grave clothes. Man, you say, well, that's crazy. Nobody would do that. We do it every day. Old sins, old habits, old things that break God's heart and ultimately break our hearts. We're content to put them on like old jackets. And Christ says, lay it down at the foot of Calvary and be dressed like a son. Be dressed like a daughter of the king. Put on my righteousness. Put on my grace. First Corinthians 13, 11 says, When I was a child, I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put away childish things. I took off those clothes. You guys would, you guys would think it was really, really, really strange if we went to lunch today and I was just had a bottle sitting on there, a baby bottle. 
This is what I had my tea out of. You're like, TJ, that'd be super weird, and we would no longer come to church here. To that, I would say, amen. But we do that spiritually. But those elements of our old life, those things that when we were a child, when we were an immature believer, or when we were an unbeliever, we're still hanging on to them. And they don't go with our current life anymore. They don't actually help us. They hold us back. So I'm just encouraging you. Listen, I'm not throwing condemnation on you this morning. I'm just telling you, you have a place to lay those things with no guilt, no shame, and no fear. There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. You have a place to lay those grave clothes. You have a place to hang those hurts, those habits, those hangups. You have a place to lay those things where they are consumed by the grace of God so that you can live free and full. And therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, Hebrews 21.1, let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles us and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. We have been gifted with grace. And we can choose today to lay those things at the feet of Jesus, to those things that entangle us, those things that keep tripping us up. And hear me when I say this to you. In Christ, there is the power to be free. I know some of you sit and you say, TJ, you don't know what I've been through. You don't know what I've walked through. You don't know the, kind, the weight of the chains that are around my heart or my mind or even around my body chemically. Like, you don't know the things that go on. I can never be free. Listen to what I'm saying to you. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such great a cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders us and the sin that so easily entangles us. Christ has given you a grace. He's given you mercy in such a way that you can live free. Now, many times, does it take accountability? Does it take responsibility? Does it take walking out your faith with someone arm in arm, keeping you accountable? Absolutely, yes. But is it possible to walk free and full of life in the grace of God? Yes. He came to give us life and life to the full. He didn't come to chain us down with the old law. He came to set us free. So be quick to hear that this morning. Be quick to hear that this morning. James 1, 22 through 24, but be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and is not a doer, he is like a man who looks intently at his natural face in a mirror, for he looks at himself and goes away at once, forgets, he forgets what he was like. The word here, deceiving yourselves, in the original language, is it'd be the equivalent to a mathematical miscalculation. See, when we, I want you to hear me, when, when we think we can be in the Word of God and know the Word of God and refuse to do, whether that's repent or, or serve or love, live out the gospel, share our faith, we've made a serious mis spiritual miscalculation. When we think that our way is better than God's way and, and when we say, no, I'm going to navigate my life, I, I'm going to, I'm going to, chart my own course and my own destiny and we take the reins out of the hand of God, we have made a spiritual, serious spiritual miscalculation. When Christ isn't charting our course, when Christ isn't the theme of our lives, when we aren't leaning in and listening like we've been talking about, if we're not listening to the Lord, following his lead, digging in the scriptures, it is so easy to make a spiritual miscalculation. 
to where in the beginning we don't even know that we made the calculation. It's just a degree off, but years down the road, we see that we've went way off course. Would you surrender the reins to Christ today? Would you step out of the captain's chair? Allow him to, court your, to, to chart your destiny? Spend your life listening to his direction. We don't want to make spiritual miscalculations. But the one who looks into the perfect law of liberty and perseveres, being no hearer who forgets but a doer who acts, he will be blessed in his doing. I want you to hear me say this this morning. God is not looking for perfect people. He's not looking for the religious elite. He's not looking for shiny people who have it all together. Jesus is looking for people who hear the word and say, I'll do that. Who hear the word and say, I'll live that way. Who hear the word and say, I'll love like that. Who hear the word and say, I'll show patience like you show patience, Jesus. I'll show grace like you show grace. Jesus, I I hear what you're saying, I'll do that. See, at every walk of life, that can touch us and affect us. Christ Jesus is not looking for perfect people and shiny people who have it all together. He's looking for men and women, boys and girls, who hear the word and say, Jesus, I'll do that. I'll do that. You say, well, TJ, do what? Well, obviously hear the word of God and respond and carry the gospel to the nations. But what can we do right now? What can we do today in our lives? How can we put feet to what we've heard? Ephesians 5, 1 and 2 says, Therefore be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in his love. As Christ loved us and gave himself up, a fragrant offering, sacrifice to God. Best way I can say this, you know how when somebody, somebody's wearing some cologne or some perfume that's just popping and, and they walk into a room and then they leave the room and you walk in and you're like, mm. Somebody's been here, right? You walk in and, I mean, nobody can be there, but that presence, that effect, the atmosphere of the room was changed because they had been there. How, How do we put feet to everything that we've heard? We hear the word and we love the world in whatever way we can, every chance we get, like Christ loved us. We show patience to the world the way that Christ showed patience to us. While we were nailing him to the cross, he kept his arms stretched out. We show grace to the world like Christ had showed grace to us that while we were yet sinners, he died in our place. What do we do? How how are we to be doers of the word? Imitate God, beloved children. Show love. Show grace. So much so that when you leave the room, it's undeniable that Christ's presence has been there. That the atmosphere changes because of the way that we love the world and we love the lost. That there's such an aroma of Christ in the way that we serve our community and our families and our friends. It's unmistakable that Christ has been in the room. Let's pray. Father, help us. We desire to hear you today. We want to be desperate for your voice. And God, in the, in the days of head, not just uh, with, with the storm, God, but with our friends, our families, our, our relatives, God, Lord, our teammates, our employee, employers, God, we pray that 
You would help us listen, but God, at the same time, let us be slow to speak and slow to anger. Let us be quick to love and quick to give and quick to be merciful and quick to be filled with grace, God. Let us love the world and those around us in such a way that when we leave the room, it's, God, it's undeniable that your presence has been there. That's what we aim for, God. We put our trust and our hope in you.